FIP are three initials that strike fear into every cat owner who knows how deadly this disease can be. But what exactly is FIP and what new treatments are on the horizon? Welcome to the Call the Vet Show, the podcast that helps keep your furry family as healthy as possible so they can live the full and happy life they deserve. And here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Alex Avery. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Call the Vet. We've got a really fantastic question and a really important topic that we're covering today. And I hope for all of you cat owners out there, this gives you some hope should your cat ever suffer from FIP in the future. Now, if you're not sure what FIP is, then I'll discuss that as well, because really it is a disease that I think we should all be aware of. And really, thankfully, it's not something that I've seen a huge amount in my daily practice. Uh, You know, I see it from time to time. Unfortunately, though, when we do see it, it really is a tragic disease. And the last cat that I saw was a young kitten, I think from memory was about four months old, had a really loving family, um, a couple of kids in the house and unfortunately came down with FIP. And yeah, there's really very little we can do at the moment as you're here. But thankfully, there is potentially a new treatment on the horizon. Before we get into that, though, uh, make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're listening to. And if you are listening regularly, then welcome back and I appreciate you. And I'd love it if you could take a couple of minutes just to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. It helps more than you can imagine with other people finding the podcast and allows me to help more pets, which really is what my mission is all about. So getting into today's episode, What I really want to do here is actually answer all of the most common questions that pet owners have, which is why you can get your question answered at callthevet.org. But I've got a few episodes coming up where I've reached out to more popular Facebook groups uh, to let me know what their most common concerns and questions are that they get on their pages, because that's a really good marker. Facebook is a really obviously a popular forum place where people go to ask questions from other people in their situation. And today is the first one of these episodes. So let's jump in to the question. Today's question is from Paula, who helps run the Facebook group Cats Make Me Happy. And she asked me to talk all about what FIP is and if there are any new treatments on the horizon, as it's one of the main diseases that cat owners in her group worry about. And it really does strike fear into their hearts, which is absolutely understandable. So let's start off by first thinking what actually FIP is. So it's caused by a cat-specific coronavirus. Now, we all know what coronaviruses are now with COVID, but this is a cat-specific one, so there's no risk to us. Now, it's actually a really common coronavirus in cats, but normally the virus just stays in the intestines and either causes no problems at all or can cause a little bit of mild diarrhea, which quickly goes away. So like I say, this is really common and it affects about 40% of normal household cats. 40% will become infected at some point in their life. Now, if you've got a multi-cat household, so there's more than one cat, that risk of infection increases and about 60% of those cats will have an infection at some stage in their life. And then in cat colonies, breeding colonies where there's big groups of cats living together in close proximity, there's going to be about a 100% rate of infection. 
Now, the problem with FIP or where we get FIP infection developing is that in a small proportion of these cats, there's actually a mutation of this virus once it's inside and infecting the cat. And that mutation means that it transitions from the intestinal cells into a certain type of body's white blood cell. And that's a type of blood cell called the macrophage. What then happens is the coronavirus is spread throughout the body in these macrophages where it can then replicate and cause issues in the rest of the body. Now, when the coronavirus starts traveling around the body in these white blood cells, it is possible that the body's, the rest of the body's immune system will kick in and will destroy and get rid of that infection. But if not, we get something called FIP, which stands for feline infectious peritonitis. Now, it's not just peritonitis that this disease causes, but that is probably the most common presentation and what we think of when we think of a cat suffering from FIP. But basically what happens there is a reaction between the immune system and the virus and that causes a vasculitis so an inflammation of the small blood vessels it most commonly affects the abdomen which is where we get this peritonitis but also the kidneys the brain and the eyes as well so while coronavirus is a really common infection in cats normally it's intestinal only a small proportion will develop fip it's most commonly seen in cats less than two years of age. So about 80% of cats with FIP are going to be under two years of age. And the majority of those are between about four and 12 months old. And like I said before, it's more common in crowded multi-cat households who, live, who are living in stressful conditions as well. Genetics also is thought to play a role. And worldwide, FIP is thought to affect and kill about 1% of the cat population. So that's actually really, really high prevalence and really serious disease that every cat owner should be aware of. And with that in mind, we need to think about what the symptoms of FIP are. Now, very often, certainly in the early stages, they're very vague, they're non-specific. Your cat might have a fever that fluctuates, so that goes up and down. They might be lethargic, they might go off their food and be inappetent as well. And that really non-specific early phase can last for some a few days several weeks even a couple of months or a few months in some situations what then happens is we get um, really full-blown sickness in our cats and that can present in two ways so we can get something called wet fip which is where those blood vessels that are all inflamed actually become really leaky um, and so fluid leaks out which affects whatever area that leakage happens in so most commonly that's in the abdomen where we get a belly full of fluid and that's why it's called feline infectious peritonitis we get that belly full of fluid um, but it can also affect the chest so fill up the thorax which can limit the the amount that the lungs can expand and cause problems breathing now when we get a sample of this fluid it's got very often it's got a classic presentation that is a very thick fluid it's sticky and it's a clear yellow so while that doesn't 100% diagnose the problem as FIP as I'll come on to in a little bit it does give us a strong suspicion that that's what's going on now for those cats that don't get wet FIP, they can get something called dry FIP. And that's where the inflammation around those blood vessels actually causes inflammatory lesions. It doesn't leak protein, but you get a lot of inflammation that disrupts the normal function of whatever area that's in. And that most commonly affects the eyes and the brain uh, as well, but can also affect other organs. So the kidneys, the liver, the lungs and the skin too. Now with dry FIP, that is much more difficult to diagnose because those signs are very 
vague. They're related to whatever organ is affected, but it's very difficult to take samples of those and to reach a definitive diagnosis of FIP. So with that in mind, how do we actually go about diagnosing FIP in an inf infected cat? So the first thing is we look at that signament. So are we dealing with a young cat? If it's a, an older cat, it's less likely, not impossible, but less likely. Is that younger cat living in a colony? Again, that will make it a more likely problem. Um, and then we need to do kind of some clinical testing. We need to have a little look and take some samples. Now, the first thing we're going to test is run some blood tests. There's not a specific blood test we can run that will confirm FIP is the problem, but we can get some classic changes in the blood, looking at protein levels, white blood cell counts, that kind of thing, that can strongly suggest that FIP might be the cause. Another blood test that we can do is what we call a TETA test. So that's looking for antibodies to coronavirus. Uh, unfortunately, that really isn't very helpful because it doesn't differentiate between infection with normal intestinal coronavirus which remember is very very common and the FIP version of coronavirus so if it comes back as negative then that will suggest that FIP is not the problem but if it comes back as positive there's no way of knowing whether your cat has much more likely just been infected with intestinal coronavirus compared to currently being infected with FIP so it's not a test that's really run very often. And then finally, in wet FIP, we can actually test that fluid. So as I mentioned, it's got that characteristic appearance. We can also test the protein levels, which may give a strong indication that that's what's going on. And we can actually check for the presence of coronavirus in that fluid. Now, again, that's not specific for FIP, but it does increase the likelihood further still because there shouldn't really be coronavirus in that fluid if it's due to the intestinal infection. And then the final thing that we can do in theory would be to take biopsies of whichever organ, wherever that lesion is, that's causing the problem. Unfortunately, that's something that is an invasive test and carrying that out in an already very sick cat is likely to be fatal or will carry significant risks. So it's, again, not something that we often do. Now, moving on to how we treat FIP in cats. Unfortunately, at the current point in time, it really is 100% fatal disease. There isn't an effective treatment. We can try and provide symptomatic care, which can keep a cat happier and a little bit healthier for a little bit longer. But really, we're just delaying the inevitable. There is, though, a new hope because there does seem to be a new treatment for FIP in cats on the horizon. So there's a promising new treatment. This is with the human antiviral drug that's got the rather catchy name of GS441524. So I'm sure that will be rebranded and we'll be calling it something else very soon. But this is a really promising new treatment. Uh, and there's been an initial study that was published at the start of this year, so the start of 2020, that involved the treatment of 31 FIP infected cats with this drug. Now, six, uh, 26 of those cats completed the planned 12 weeks of treatment. Unfortunately, five cats died in that 12-week period, but 26 cats survived, which in itself is huge. Now, one cat subsequently did die of FIP after that 12 weeks was up. One cat then died of an unrelated heart failure, but 18 remained healthy with no further treatment required after that initial 12-week period. Eight cats did require repeat treatments. In some cases, they required up to three treatment courses with this drug, but they all 
remain healthy and they remain alive at the date of publication of the study. And these cats have survived for between nine months and 20 months from finishing their treatment to the study being published. So there will be follow up with this where we can get a long term survival to see if there is any further relapse into their FIP state that may be fatal. So watch this space. But really, this is an incredibly encouraging study because previously FIP has been 100% fatal. And here in this study, we've got 24 cats out of 31 initial infected cats that are still alive many, many months after that infection. So while this is really promising, and I'm sure it's something that we'll be using to treat cats with in the future, what can we do now to try and prevent FIP in your cat? Well, there is a vaccine available in some countries, although really it's not generally felt to be very valuable. And there's a number of reasons for this, but mainly we can actually only give this vaccine in cats that are over 16 weeks of age. And in the majority of cases, those cats will already have come across coronavirus and have antibodies to coronavirus, which means that we can't then administer the vaccine or it becomes completely ineffective. So really, it's not something that's felt to be particularly useful. We can keep fewer cats living in smaller groups. So we're not getting that multi-cat household where we're getting uh, kind of cross-contamination and infection spread rapidly between cats. We do need to bear in mind, though, that FIP that coronavirus actually isn't shed in feces. So an FIP cat can't then transmit FIP to another cat. But having lots of cats living together increases their chance of getting infected with intestinal coronavirus, which then increases their chance of developing FIP. We can also just keep up good hygiene. So regular changing of litter trays, good cleaning and that kind of thing. And then also keeping our cats in a low stress situation because stress can reduce the, the immune response and that can make an infection with FIP more likely or less able to be cleared when it first starts. So I hope that's cleared up any confusion that you might have had about what FIP actually is. And I hope also that it's given you some hope that in the future, this might not be quite such the deadly disease that it is today. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could share it far and wide with any other cat owners that are in your life or any Facebook groups that you're on. Make sure you check out Paula's Facebook group, Cats Make Me Happy, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well. It really helps more than you can imagine when you share these episodes or if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is. It helps other pet owners know that this podcast is something worth listening to, which helps me reach more owners and help more pets across the world. And there's a global audience for this podcast. So thank you in advance for sharing this out. And until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is The Call the Vet Show. Take care. Thanks for listening to Call the Vet. For full show notes and any links mentioned in today's show, head over to callthevet.org, where you can also submit your question to be featured on an upcoming episode. We'll see you next time.